Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Friday, August 19th. We are here live. It is a freaky free-for-all Friday. Uh, It may be a trucking technology and efficiency day. I'm not sure yet. Uh, I was, I actually have a great story because things just changed this morning. Uh, Yesterday, I even said John and Joel both confirmed, but we know things can change. This is the real world. Um, Those two are both out there doing this stuff every day, which we love. Um, That's what brings so much credibility and new information, but it also means that once in a while things are going to change. Joel sent over a message this morning. His delivery time changed. He's on one of those white glove, blanket-wrapped, high-value loads, so um, Joel's not going to be able to join us today, and John said he may be a little late. Ah, So, kind of ties right into what little bit of an open I had this morning. I didn't have much, and that's kind of the point of my open today. Um, I was counting on those two. Joel had done all the homework on the international engine. We were going to talk about it. But here's um, here's kind of my lesson for today. I have to say I absolutely love our tribe. We have the best customers. Uh, yesterday, um, Leroy had stopped in one of our tribe members to the warehouse to pick up an order. And I just happened to stop down there. I didn't know he was going to be there. I stopped down for another reason. And he was there, so I got a chance to talk to him, which I love. Great guy. He's got a great story. Lost 95 pounds when he first started eating keto, and he's kept it up for years. He looks fantastic. His goal is to keep driving till he's 82, which I absolutely love. And you look at his health at his age today, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to make it. But we were talking about health and all kinds of things. And and he said something that really got me thinking. And he, it was, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but it was along the lines of, you know, he does this so many days. And, but then he said something, he said, I could get even better results, but I'm just lazy. And I've thought that about myself my whole life. I'm not kidding. I've always thought, why am I so damn lazy? And other people, when they hear that, say, oh, my God, all you ever do is work or or whatever. But I have had that thought virtually my whole life. I look back and say, well, I could have done more easily. Why didn't I? And it dawned on me when, when he said it right then and what we were talking about, human beings are absolutely wired to be lazy. And there's a really good reason for it. And... We should not beat ourselves up over it. We should embrace it, acknowledge it, and then work with it. And we could even replace the negative word lazy with the more positive word human beings are wired. What's the title of the show today? It's Trucking Technology and Efficiency, Trucking efficiency and technology. I don't know. One of the two, but efficiency is what the three of us talk about so much with trucks and business and money, being efficient with those things. Well, the human body is wired, hardwired to be efficient with energy. 
And that's why we have such a mismatch today and why we are unhealthy. The reason we're wired to be so efficient with energy is because for most of humans' existence, energy has been very hard to come by. And we had to be efficient with it or we would have died as a species. We wouldn't have survived. But we are very efficient with energy or lazy. We conserve energy really, really well because we had to. The problem is now we don't have to anymore and we shouldn't because energy is abundant. It's everywhere. Now, it's dirty energy. Most of the food we consume, food is energy. Most of the food we consume is garbage. It's dirty energy. And that's another problem. And there's just too much of it. It's too easy to access. It's too cheap. It's too available. And we just keep piling on energy, which is fat on your body. When you have fat on your body, you have an excess of energy. Now, that would, we could kind of use the calorie theory to calculate that, but we don't because it's not just about calories like we always thought. It's actually about what form those calories come in. What does our body do with them? And and that's based on what form those calories come in. So we are hardwired to be lazy. And it's a good thing. But it... um, it can sometimes bite us too, because today, you know, we've, we, Lisa and I were going really hard this week. We were traveling over the weekend and working and traveling and looking at real estate and some other things. And then I came home and the garden had absolutely exploded. I had somebody watering it while I was gone, but the, the temperatures we're experiencing right now, and, and it's a good thing. I mean, I've never been able to grow the amount of tomatoes I'm going to have this year. I think I'm going to have to hire a crew for harvest time. Maybe I'll have a harvest party. Peppers, something I really struggle to grow, are growing like crazy in the garden this year because we have spent more time here in the 90s this summer than I ever remember. We very seldom ever hit 90 here, and it feels like we've been in the 90s for a month now. And for a lot of the garden, it's just incredible having a good time with it, but it also created a lot of work in the garden. So as soon as I got home, I've been out there. So I was a little tired, Um, should have gotten up earlier this morning and prepared something, but... My lazy brain said, well, Joel's got a lot. John's always got tons of stuff to talk about. Just you could skip it today. You don't need to do the work. So I didn't do the work. So here I am uh, winging it. But uh, like I said, it's a it's an interesting thought. That, and like I said, I've, I've had that thought too. Why am I so lazy? And we are. We're wired that way. We are designed to conserve energy. You know, I talked about the guy on a loan, a great lesson there, how he ended up winning this time. He won a half a million dollars with this strategy. He didn't build fires the whole time. I mean, I think the first day they got out there, it wasn't winter yet, but it was like 40 some degrees. They're they're in Northern Canada. Uh, It was like 40 some degrees when they got there. Uh, The temperatures at the end of the show were single digit. 
And he waited until it got into single digits to ever build a fire because gathering all that firewood and building and maintaining a fire takes a lot of energy. So he conserved that energy. He didn't build the fire. That's also why we do so much better as tribes. We really, the the idea of the show alone is almost incorrect. We really, as human beings, we can't survive alone. And the show kind of points it out. These guys have crazy, incredible skills. These people, I've watched them weave their own fishing nets out there in the wild build their own docks out into the water from, you know, logs with one tool. I mean, they've got incredible skills, and yet none of them really survive. I mean, by the end, they're they're in rough shape. I mean, even the winner um, is not going to make it much longer. It's almost impossible for us as human beings to survive alone. That's why human connection is such a big part of, of our health and it's something it's one area we really haven't tackled a lot yet um you know we've certainly worked through the food i'm really excited about my um, stress protocol now i think we've made a huge breakthrough on that and that's two really big areas of human health the other two connection and sleep are also really big um I'm hoping and it looks like it's absolutely going to work that when I get the stress protocol correct, that we may fix a lot of the sleeping issues. And I really hope so, because if this doesn't work, I'm going to be out of ideas on sleep. I've done, I really don't know what more I could do as far as research on sleep. I can't find anything more to research. I think I've been through all of the material that exists. Um, I'm sure there's other material, but it's just going to say the same things I've already read. Uh, I'm not finding anything new on sleep. But I, I can see already that when we start to fix the stress issue, sleep gets much better. So I'm encouraged about that. Then there's that other issue of connection. We really haven't touched on that much that may be the next area we dive into here at let's truck we'll see um but the the show itself alone really points out this this energy issue with human beings how critical it was to um control your energy and be really efficient with it all right so uh it looks like john's gonna bail me out here because uh i see that he's on the line right now so i'm gonna bring him in john welcome hey kevin Uh, there you are good morning yeah here i am okay good morning how are you (laughs) good good glad to see you could make it joel bailed on us today Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that text, too. Yeah, yeah he, he gave us so, some excuse uh, about some white glove, high-value load, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the guy, he's out there just printing money. I go. know, I so, know. Yeah, he's doing well. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's good. But I was, I don't know if you were listening, you know, this morning, I just oh, yeah. now I, yeah, I, uh, I got caught. I was counting on you two to be my open today because I got lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh 
but it kind of fit right in because like I said yesterday, I had a driver stop in and we were talking and he was kind of beating himself up and he's, he's had great results. Um, lost 95 pounds, looks incredible for his age, wants to drive till he's 82. Guy had all kinds of energy. And then here's something else. I just love our tribe. He spent a fortune in our store yesterday. Got the X3 bar and a bunch of other stuff, which is awesome. Drove away and then decided, you know what? I really need the watch. So he came back and, and that's why I happened to meet him. I came back just about the same time he did. And we got talking and he was kind of beating himself up about being lazy. I'm like, well, you've achieved amazing results. Look at you. This is awesome. But I thought, you know, I've always thought that about myself my whole life. I kind of look back at things and go, God, why didn't I just work a little bit harder on that? Look at the results I could have gotten. But it, it, it dawned on me at the time, we are hardwired to be lazy. That's not a bad thing. That's part of what makes us smart. We exactly. figure shit out. We figure yep, out more efficient a, ways to do things. We, that's exactly right. You know, I, I, you know, working with these young drivers, and these are generally what you've seen to think are really driven individuals. They're out there raising money. They're chasing this dream. They're working their asses off. They're super fit. They do all sorts of things, but some of the best ones I know are really lazy. <laughs> the really, really good ones don't wake up and they're not morning people. I'm like getting their asses out of bed. I'm texting them to get to the track and whatever. And those ones, when they get in the car, they like just figure out how to do it really easy without trying to work too hard. You know, some other guys will get in there and they'll just start trying too hard immediately. And they're yanking on the steering wheel too hard and creating all kinds of understeer and other imbalances <laughs> in the car. And they're just, they, they carry it in. It's like, the really quick guys are like, man, why would I do that? You know, it's yeah. like, <laughs> if the car doesn't want to go there, me pulling on the steering wheel harder isn't going to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, um, it, it's so. you know, we could almost say that innovators are probably the lazy of us, of, of us all. That's why they innovate, Absolutely. because they're trying to make something easier. I think that's the root of it. Production and profit and all that stuff. I mean, you go the whole way back to the cotton gin or what was the what was the first uh, automatic weaver for uh, for making textiles and all that stuff. That was pure laziness. That had nothing to do with making money. Yeah, right. You know, then then they figured out well, like, well, we can make a whole lot more clothes and then sell them. Like, it, wow, that's even right. better. But yeah. that wasn't why that wasn't why they made those things. That wasn't why those tools were built. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Every, every time we build a tool or come up with a, a better way of doing something, we call it innovation, and it's really we're just being lazy. Right. That's a good thing. It's a great yeah. motivator. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> did. Um, I know we've talked about the show alone. Did did we talk about that the last episode, this last season? I, I think we might have, yeah. Yeah, the guy actually won by being lazy right from the start. He had a exactly. great he had a great theory. His theory was, wait a minute, it'd be nice to have a fire. It was forty degrees when they got there, and they know winter's coming, and they're right. in northern Canada because they're up there with the polar bears. That's the whole point of this season. It's forty some degrees. He decided. I'm just not building fires. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of energy expended to go out and gather the firewood, carry the firewood, drag it back to the camp, build the fire, maintain the fire. He said, I'm just not going to do it. So he took the chance of drinking water without boiling it. He was fine. Never got sick. He was eating his food without cooking yep. it. Did just fine. He didn't build his first fire till like 60 some days in because it got down to single digits and then a week later, the event was over anyway, but he went one step further. 
you know, most of the time they're out there trying to find food. I mean, that's what you spend all day doing. As it got colder and colder and he realizes he's putting out more and more energy to go find food and getting less and less back, and he knows we're getting closer and closer to the end, he just decides he's going to finish the event fasting. He's not even going to bother looking for food anymore. Right. And he won. <laughs> and he won. <laughs> he won. Well, he had to be eating the right stuff. I, I didn't pay enough attention to see what he was eating with it. I'm sure he was, he was bulking up on fast and things if he was able to pull that up. Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. It, but it was a really it yeah. was the first time I'd ever seen anybody take that approach. Everybody else kept trying harder. Oh, I have to go gather more. I have to go, you know, spend more time hunting. I they kept trying to do more. He finally decided, "Wait a minute. What what would happen if I just do less?" That that's awesome. So that's really cool. Yeah, so uh the other thing if uh if you weren't going to join me today we'll get to what's on your mind um oh wait I, oh go ahead go ahead no uh joe joel had mentioned on uh, in one of the texts about the new international and i did a little research on it it's just a really cool i don't know if it's a market disruptor yet but it's a really interesting shift in some tech we'll get back to that after what you want to talk about here because obviously put a little thought into what you want to do today after we you thought we weren't going to be here yeah but, so we'll, we'll get back to that good Good. Yeah, the other thing that I've been working on, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this health issue, and we talked about it last week, the, my breakthrough on the um, stress issue. And I, the more I look at this and the more I study it, it really is a breakthrough. And then I happen to see an article um, on mental health, which we're having a huge issue with. We have for years now, it's been getting worse and worse. COVID, lockdowns, all the stuff that's been going on, um, Every mental health statistic is horrendous right now. Suicides, the number of drugs being prescribed, it's awful. And while I was reading that, I got thinking about my stress protocol, what I, I, I really believe this is the core of the breakthrough that I've made. We think of stress as a mental health issue. We think of stress as that, uh, that's our mind, Right. I mean, it, it, do we, we don't really think of stress as a physical thing. We think of stress as a mental thing. And it's completely wrong. We shouldn't. Now, here's why I think our brain can cause us huge issues with stress. There's no doubt about it. The way you think about things, the way you frame things will either cause you to be stressed or not. You know, if, if you think. There's a saying and I a quote out there. I don't remember who said it and I'll butcher it, but I think you'll get the idea that um, it's not what ha what happens to us in life that determines our outcomes. It's how we react to what happens to us, which is really pretty brilliant because there are people who have had um, horrible things happen to them and they create amazing things out of that. You know, you think of somebody like, it's an extreme, but like Helen Keller. My God, what an amazing person and what she was able to create out of a horrible situation. So it's not the event that determines our outcomes in life. It's how we react to them. And that's the mental part of it. So we've always put that stress just into this whole mental health kind of, it's in your head. And it's true that our brain can cause us stress. The problem that that created is our brain can't fix stress. And we keep thinking that it can. 
we keep thinking, well, you need to meditate more. You need to be more um, present in the moment. And we've even done courses on that kind of stuff to try to help people with that. Be more mindful. And it's not working. And I've been saying that. We're doing something wrong here. It's not working. Nobody's really getting any less stressed by meditating. They're getting weaker and weaker. And it turns out that stress is a physical thing. It's, it's the physical strength of our body, the, the physical strength of our muscles, of our heart, of our lungs. When our body is metabolically healthy, then we don't have that huge negative response to stress and our body can handle the stress. But we keep trying to approach this through our mind. And I am fully convinced now that if you don't change your physiology, if you don't make your physical body stronger, you will never be able to deal with stress well. Did we discuss that last week we discussed that? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that. I, you know, once I started and, and you know, I went through my, my, you know, a little up and down weight thing, kind of, it, 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 it fits her power there and, you know, how that didn't really suit me that well. And then, you know, getting into the keto and some back to some more exercise and it, it, you, you don't know what's happening, but all of a sudden I am less stressed, right? You know, yes. uh, maybe not that uh, feeling invincible after, after crazy sessions at the gym like Joel does, but, uh, <laughs> you know, the incredible Hulk thing, yeah. but, you know, I, I just, it's just a, it's a steady, you know, getting my cardio and getting my bike rides in, or even if it's just a walk or a hike or something, you know, just get that, get that heart rate up and maintain it for a little while, hour or so a day here and there just really changes things. The, the stress does go away. And, and if you think about it, it's what gives you that kind of mental clarity to think about those things that are within your control and things that are out of your control. And, and only going forward is within your control. You know, something's already happened or you can't try to clock back and fix that. So stressing about it is completely useless. And it's so much easier said than done, but it's really that simple. Um, but, you know, to just to be able to, to, to do that is uh, to separate those things is really difficult. And like you said, you mentioned the in the moment things and uh, so forth. And that's, stuff that you know i work really hard to to do you know it's not easy no i do too but what makes it easier what makes it easier is is the is the the, the, the physical strength right you know having the physical strength and feeling good about your and not you know adding you know pain and so forth onto it i mean there's just so many aspects of it that, that make you think clearer and you know the mental health issue in the country is just you know post COVID, whatever you want to say. I mean, we, it, it's just another part of our healthcare system that absolutely sucks. Oh, it's horrible. You know, again, it's nothing that they want to fix. It's something they want to fix with drugs and it's just, it's just terrible. Um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just, you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, I, I firmly believe that like even, you know, uh, I definitely want to get, get into a, a subject as touchy as guns, but, you know, some of the mass shootings and so forth, well, some of these troubled kids would have probably been shipped off to a mental hospital yes. years ago if, if, if this were the 50s or 60s. Well, those places don't exist anymore. No, we closed them all in the um, 80s. There's some, yeah, so there's some really interesting, you know, thinking on this. And uh, there was a doctor on an NPR show one day whose son had some issues and was breaking into people's houses and ended up getting in some real trouble. And he was, he is somebody who would have been institutionalized if there's an institution to put him in. And, and the kid's dad is a doctor, right? And he got to see the flaws of the system. And then I guess the kids had broken into a neighbor's house and done something. And you could probably look this up. I, I forget what it was on. I it was on This American Life or something else. 
And the cop looked at him and winked and said, he was trying to hurt you, right? Like, you have to get him into the hospital. Oh, you got to go to the point of, like, he was actually yeah. going to try and kill me. Yeah, so the it. cops winking at the dad, getting the dad, who was a doctor, to lie to him. Oh, to at least get the kid in a hospital for a little while. Right. And, again, he gets bounced out in a week or two or whatever, and they're on the same path again. And both parents work and whatever, and they're trying to maintain their upper middle class lifestyle. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, it's, it was impossible. Like, it's just not out there. You know, there's just no real help. Okay, so we got a new 800 number, whatever the hell that oh, thing please. is. You want to kill yourself, you can call. Please. So, but, Come on. You know, what's that going to do, really? <laughs> Nothing. Like, like, what <laughs> Nothing. We're not solving the problem here. And you know what? I just had uh, maybe another breakthrough on this. Um, it was actually Reagan that closed most of the – that's when we started it in the 80s under Reagan. Um Oh, yeah, I've studied that right now. Yep. Yeah, and that's led us to where we are now. And look, Reagan was one of my favorite presidents, I, and he was for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. But it, that was a – I don't know that it was a total mistake, but it wasn't the right thing to do. Those institutions had huge problems. No doubt about it. It was a horrible system. Nobody was getting better. All we were really doing was housing them. So we weren't doing right. much for them. We were protecting society from them. You know, now we have to see them every day on the sidewalks. And so right. they're not any better off, but they weren't very well off in those institutions either. It was just more convenient for well, us because we in- didn't have to see it. When they were in the institution, they couldn't go to the local sporting goods store and buy an AR-15. That's true. So that was yes. a bad thing. And that's what I mean. We, we, we were protecting so, yeah. the rest of the population from them. We didn't want to see them. We didn't want to worry about them shooting us or stabbing us. I get that. But we weren't helping them. And maybe right. maybe we could come up with a way to actually help them. And I think this is part of what I'm talking about here. I'm going to talk about something that's probably pretty controversial. Somebody out there is probably really going to get touchy about this, but I don't care. I don't even understand why we have the system we have for mental health. Psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, our medical system is bad. I think our mental health system is even worse. It, it, they, these people help almost nobody. They, the talk therapy. I know people have been in talk therapy for 30 years. When's it going to work? Why do you have to keep going? It, it, it's like taking a drug the rest of your life. It's no different. Well, I, I've got, again, philosophies on this that, that have been, I, I, I was subject to it. I, you know, I, I've fought depression at times in my life. Uh, my parents divorced when I was a, a young teen. I was considered to be suicidal. My mom put on a press to get me to move in with her when I stayed with my dad. I was psychologically evaluated. I was a total underachiever in high school. You know, I had to, yeah, I had to take an IQ test because they were worried that I was actually, you know, <laughs> was, was, was special in not a good way. Yeah. Turns out I have a genius IQ and then, then, then all the guidance <laughs> counselors and everybody in the world are like mad at me for, for not being, for being lazy and, and yeah. you know, yeah. Just just cruising by on C's and D's and, and not I, I didn't take a I didn't take a book home my junior or senior year of high school. I did not take a book home. I, hey. I would show up and take tests and pass them. Hey, John. So John, <laughs> yeah. I never did a single homework assignment after the sixth grade. <laughs> not <laughs> one. Two of us. Not <laughs> one. I managed to squeak by with D's. Because I did none of the assignments, so I got all F's, but I aced almost every test, so I managed to get D's. 
I would yeah, I would just show up and take tests, and every now and then I'd have to write a paper or something, which was excruciating for me. So I the day I just I had didn't to turn do a it. Paper in, I had to turn a paper in commencement day, or I was not going to get my diploma <laughs> in high school. I probably would have paid <laughs> so somebody else to do it for me. I don't know. I would just. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, uh, you know, so, but I got, I got a, you know, that was, you know, they were, they were, yeah, that, that happened today that had me on so many drugs and some other, other shit. I'm really glad I kind of grew up when I did. Um, but you know, I, I've been through it and it is, it's just a self-serving system. You know, it's just, they want to keep you sick. They want to keep you there. They want to keep you coming to therapy and whatnot. And I can't tell you, you know, I have, I have had talks with therapists that were great, you know, yeah, but it was, you I, know, exactly. a good ones like just sitting there talking to one of your friends. Right. Right. And it's kind of cleansing and it feels good and you know, whatnot. And, and I get that. And, and, but it's not something that you need to be addicted to, or you're better off. Like you're talking about the, the tribe, you're better off having some good friends. You can sit down and have a Connection. beer and talk to or whatever. And, yeah. And connect. But, yeah. But here's the, the other, thing. here's and, the other reason why I believe it fails. Not that it couldn't be a part you know, talking to somebody who can teach you life skills or because that's really what this should be about. We should be teaching people like this what's wrong with their thinking that makes life so difficult. We should help them with their thinking to make life easier. But we failed to address the root cause of their issue, whether it's depression, anxiety, bipolar. It's physical. It's gut bacteria. It's our our resilience, our, it's a physical ailment first. And if we don't fix the physical part of it, all the talking in the world isn't going to help. And that's, I think, where our system fell apart and why people end up in therapy for decades and never get any better. We're not addressing the physical part of this. I don't even understand why we have these doctors anymore, psychologists, psychiatrists. Regular doctors are prescribing all the psychological meds now. So, yes. It, it's just a mess. Not, not even, not even the PA, the PA does it. Oh, you're right. You don't you're right. It's not a even a doctor, doctor anymore. I don't know if you... Right. I, yeah, I, I stay away from doctors. I'm very wrong. But I mean, the way the whole process works is terrible. Um, the, the woman that I was, I was seeing, uh, I guess kind of still am, uh, but she, she's going through, through cancer treatment, which is, a, which is another scam. Not, not that I want to see no, people die of cancer, but you're right. This, this latest, this latest version of what they call treatment, uh, immunotherapy, hormone therapy, so they've come up with drugs now, and, and the medical community will think this is a win. And I guess if someone I loved, really, really loved, had 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 cancer, and I wanted her him to live forever, I'd be okay with this. And I'm still not quite. Um, you can live a really long time, really, really long time. What, what they've done is they're they're teaching the body to live with cancer, not getting right. rid of it, not addressing right. any diet stuff, not trying to eat no sugar whatsoever, nothing. You take these this this these drugs, it's like four drugs, a shot in your stomach or this or that, or all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it, it's terrible. And the cost is like tens of thousands of dollars a month and you live with cancer. And inevitably in most cases, you know, if, insur- if insurance is paying for it, even if insurance is paying for it, which is kind of, has been un- unobtainable for me for some years, to be honest with you. Um, it's a stupid expensive, uh, you know, once I'm done paying child support, my girls are through through school. I'll probably get myself health insurance again. But man, yeah. uh, you see why it costs so much, and, yeah. and you've got tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands, on these drugs that somebody's billing somebody tens of thousands of dollars a month for. Yeah. Like to do the math yeah. on that, I, it's crazy. 
it, it's not a cure. It is not a, they, I don't, they'll, they'll tell it as a cure. It is definitely not a cure, but it, it makes your body live with it. And, and again, that's the model, right? Right. That's what our system that, does. That's what they call success. Take this drug. They call that success. Absolutely. And it, it, to some degree, I guess it is, right? Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I want to live like that. If it was me personally that was diagnosed with cancer and I was told that I was going to be on this drug that cost, well, first I would have done everything alternative. First right. I probably would have gone to the doctor and find out I had cancer. Right. So, but if I did, uh, all right, I would get super strict. I'd go, you know, super clean carnivore, nothing else. There would not be anything looked or, or, or felt like sugar going into me. And if that didn't work, if I couldn't live the way I want to live and so forth, I'm 55 years old. I, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with what happens, right? I'm not going to go down that path. I'm not going to get a shot in my stomach once a month. Right. And I'm not, gonna, right. I'm just not going to do it. Nope, I mean, either. that's me. I, I'm not suggesting that for anybody else. I don't want to be a proponent of that. You know, I, I, I have some weird thoughts on, on, on life and so forth. And, uh, which, you know, counter a lot of people's in my life. My, my dad wants to keep everybody alive forever. He's this weird preservationist with, uh, I think he's got some strange attachment issues and things and yeah. he's a hoarder. And you know, my grandparents died. He, he did everything he could to keep them alive. You know, my, my grandma lived 104. And I'm like, dad, it's okay that she died. She's right. fine with it. You're the right. only one who's not. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? I, you know, if, if I could, if I could make it that far, I will really, really happy. As long as I do it healthy. I don't want to spend a lot of time on well, this planet feeling horrible. Right. You know, of those years, she probably had four that weren't, you know, actually she was closer to 105. She died two weeks before 105th birthday. Wow. And she drove until she was 99. She was singing <laughs> and awesome. painting and writing. And that like, is so she cool. was crazy. My grandmother was nuts. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, she was, she was all right. So it was okay. And, and again, she probably, if, if she, if she had flipped the switch at, at 100 or 101, she probably would have been happier. Yeah. Those last few years yeah. were a little, uh, you know, or, or a little bit much. And Grandpa was the same deal. He he went at ninety four. Wow. You know, same. He, he probably went two years too long. That's all. I mean, up to that point, he was still drinking beer every day with the guys, <laughs> working in the garden nonstop, and like growing his own garlic and buying different yeah. strains of garlic. He used the garlic. Garlic kept him alive. That's awesome. So you know, it was just. Uh, but uh, you you see this in the way our system works they are so damn into just, you know, drugs and more drugs and more drugs on top of that. It, it just, it's, uh, well, you know, yeah, I, I don't it, know how we fix it. I, you talk about the, this new, you know, cancer care using these immunotherapy drugs, because we did figure out that the immune system plays a big part in cancer. We never used to think that like cancer is its own weird thing. And, but it's not, it, it the immune system plays a big role, but instead of, working to build our own immune system we take these crazy expensive some of those drugs are ten thousand dollars a month those immunotherapy drugs uh my my friends immunotherapy drugs are sixteen thousand dollars sixteen thousand holy cow yeah, th yeah this is insane yeah. and watch if you can see the commercials for some of these they're they're all over the 
replace these cancer drugs. Um, what, read the fine print down at the bottom. Ignore what they're saying. Ignore all those pictures of everybody having fun. That's all drug commercials are. People are out kayaking and hiking, <laughs> and you know they're 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 in bathtubs on the beach holding hands, and you know ignore all that stuff. Ignore the guy in the background talking so fast you can't understand what he's saying anyway and read the fine print. Some of these drugs and these things have horrendous side effects. You go through, you know, it's not like it's a pill you're taking. Like you said, you're going in, you're getting injections in your stomach, you're getting infusions, you're sitting there with a needle in your arm for 45 minutes. And when you read the numbers down there, some of them say it extended life by 3.2 months. Right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And some went longer than that. I mean, you, you can't you can't discount that. But geez, it, it, and and seriously, and some of them, uh, I've got I've got a friend whose wife is in a similar situation to my friend. And in both cases, the, the hormone stuff are making them insane. They they are not like there there's some really irrational stuff going on, you know. And you wouldn't believe some of the conversations. Uh, you, you and I can talk about this privately. We've got another one of our, our, our truck moments. Uh, yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got more stuff for you. I might come visit you actually. You I'm should. In California the you week should. of, um, like Labor Day week. That week, uh, I've got a race the week before that in Sonoma. And I was thinking of staying a few extra days and driving up north. You should do uh, that. That'd I've not awesome. driven that part of the Pacific Coast Highway from, from San Fran up to Portland. Uh, I'd like to do that. So no, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, I, might, uh, I might come yeah. visit. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get I'm you'll in go, Reno right now, actually. That's why I was. You will go through um, one of Lisa and I's favorite parts of the country. Big Sur. That's, uh, you know, like I, I don't know why I have uh, skipped that. I don't know why I've uh, not, not gone that far. No, I've not seen Big Sur yet. I I'd love like to do Big that. Sur. I've been south. You know, I've spent a fair amount of time at Monterey and I've traveled around the Monterey Peninsula and then yeah. south of there, Dom down to uh you know through carmel and then down to down south i've not gone north i've not gone beyond that so yeah but, uh, big big yeah, could be a little beautiful. bucket list thing and yeah you, you, i might i might end up on uh, i might end up in your uh in your spare room for a night or two that'd be awesome <laughs> so yeah I'll, I'll keep you posted be, on yeah. that yeah definitely yep. all right but, what do yeah, you so it's interesting Oh, go ahead. It, you know, I was going to say, we've got some calls. We, we're on a topic already. Maybe we'll save the international thing when Joel's with us. When Joel is here, I wouldn't mind mentioning it quickly, though. Uh, uh, yeah, go is, ahead. Tell, it, tell us considered. what. Yeah, um, tell us why we they, should look at done, this thing. I'll give a quick overview. I'm sure, I'm sure Joel studied it harder than I have. Um, you know, again, along the same lines of the uh, of the Volvo, it's a downsped engine with a 14-speed transmission with, like, with the crawler gear. Uh, which is going to be the way to go, I think. And, and the, it's a single counter shaft transmission. All the other traditionals have two, so there's double the rotating mass there. And it's single overdrive. Um, you know, pretty normal numbers on all that stuff. But the engine's intriguing to me. Um, it's got a slightly longer stroke, so it might not have, I mean, slightly, like two millimeters uh, longer stroke than the Volvo. So it might not have the super low piston speed, but darn close. I mean, it's it's, it's, uh, you know, it's with the base of two millimeters different, one millimeter less bore and two millimeters longer stroke. And it's a 12.7, believe it or not. Wow. So it's a okay. classic number there, 12.7 yeah. liters. Um, but, you know, super flat torque curve. It's going to be a proper downsped engine. And but they've done some really neat stuff uh, in the after treatment system. And it's a really high compression ratio engine internally. 
which means they're probably running very little boost. I mean, turbo boost is probably nil. I'd say nil, but lower than we're used to. It's a 23 right. to one compression ratio, which, wow. is, which is pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah. And their after treatment system utilizes two death injectors. Uh, one really early in the system, which is interesting, that doesn't shoot onto a, a catalytic converter like the classic one or through, through a decomp tube. And then the second one is pretty, pretty standard. Uh, it says it uses less depth, and the EGR is not cooled, so there's no EGR cooler to deal with. Really? Um, which I, I found interesting as well. Well, wow. with, the, with the high compression and low well, boost, I think that's yeah. probably not a problem. Might be able to get away yeah, with so that. Just reading, reading, looking at the specs and thinking of how they could get away with that, I just saw the compression ratio, and you know they don't need to worry about the intake charge being too cool. Um, yeah, so, so that works. And it looks like it's very low. I mean, if just looking at pictures... Uh, it's got really small tubing on the uh, EGR, so it's pretty low flow EGR, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting piece. Sounds uh, like if it. you're out there looking, I mean, guys, you know, someone, you know, that's the thing definitely is uh, it looks like it's uh, worth worth a look at. And as far as like coach work goes, you know, I'll use an old term there, but the, the international, the LTs in particular, I like the arrow on those things. I've always liked the way those trucks felt. I like the way the doors close. I'm not a really geeky car guy here, but shit like that makes a difference that, to me. Oh, it makes and, a huge you know, the, difference. The, the to controls, me. yeah, and switches and everything all had like a, a decided, you know, you know, strong click on all the switches. There's solid always the door feel. close with a nice thug and don't. Yep. Yeah, they have a really so, solid feel, and, and the arrow on that thing. I don't know the actual arrow numbers, but I mean, I think it's got to be right there with the ball. Now. Yeah, at one at one point, I don't remember which year, but there there was one point they redesigned their aerodynamics package and made a huge deal for a year or two that they were the most aerodynamic truck on the market. And it still looks pretty slick. And then again, it's just it's just evolution, not revolution on aerodynamics. But if you look at the newest version, you know, went from being a Pro Star to an LT, they cleaned it up a little bit, and then. And now this version of the LT, you know, they've got, you know, they, they've got the wheelhouse sealed up and it's got some skirting on it. And it's got some little, little, little arrow bits here and there that should make a big difference. It's a, it's a cool truck. So I think they really ought to, ought to reach out to Steve Crone and have him be a test driver for it. They should just give him one. They and, should. And tell him to go out and drive it and yeah. see what he could get out of it. They should. He, he should be international. He should be international in Real, but I don't know yeah. how, how we could make that happen. Yeah, and- someone ought to reach out to the NASDAR and, uh, that's, and, and, and see if we could get, see if we could get Steve a factory ride. That's not a bad idea. Speaking of Steve Crone, I see, um, overdrive did an article on him. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's very and cool. I, I love that article. Very cool. I yeah, love that. That was really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I first got into trucking and started buying trucks and, you know, I bought one truck and then before a year was up, I bought my second and then like four or five years in, I had 11 and I had gone through buying and selling. And um, in the beginning, I just kind of bought whatever, you know, you look around because I was buying all used trucks back then. You look around, you find a truck, whatever it was, if it, if it was what I needed and I didn't even understand specs back then. So if it was clean and, you know, mechanically sound and it was the right price, I bought it. And then at some point I kind of settled on international. I I found a international at a used truck lot there, right? right by where we ran out of. And I, you know, got talking to the sales guy and kind of built a relationship and pretty much settled on just internationals. So for the first brand that I was really kind of loyal to on trucks and had a bunch of them were internationals and I loved them. Um, It was a solid truck. It really was. And then the Freightliner guy took over. What was that guy's name? Hebe? Was that 
Is that who that was? Mm-hmm. And international has been a disaster ever since. They've had nothing but right. problems. And I hope, I really hope this is a turning point for them. I would love if we had, like right now, I kind of feel like we have two platforms that we're really kind of happy with, you know, Volvo and, and Freightliner. We, we know them. We understand yep. them. They're different. You, you, you spec them differently. But we're getting really good results out of both. It would be really nice to have a third option. Oh, I agree. And, uh, and, and, and Packard's working on some stuff too. Like I said, I, I work uh, pretty closely with my buddy who, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know we keep, keep talking about that. And, and again, it will probably happen slower than any of us that want, but uh, there is a new engine coming. I don't know about Liberty to say that, but there, there will yeah. be a new engine coming. Uh, and if you look at like the Pete 579, you know, that thing, the arrow on that thing, if you get, especially if you get the, the one with the slick arrow option, it, 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 it's on too. It should be really good. They're great but Again, trucks. they're still so wedded to the, to the, to the Eaton stuff. Right. And, right. and either That's... Cummins or, or Packard, like the, the driveline stuff that doesn't work. Right? To me, it doesn't work anyway. I mean, they, they just, they just didn't react quickly enough and so forth. No, they, um, they, you know, back to the, back to the international thing and there's reason for it going the way it has well this is sort of the opposite of what Packard's doing but you know Volkswagen and Audi Group bought a big hunk of them uh, they got rid of the the MAN I think it was the MAN who made the Max Force and then they've yeah. got the A26 that was a, that was an improvement right that was a huge improvement the Max right. Force was a disaster oh, um, so I believe that you know with Volkswagen and Audi Group um, you know it's got to be doing a better job than, than they had been dealing with with previous partnerships um, and then the, uh, now the new engines, a partnership with Scania, which is, you know, it used to be Saab and they built jet airplanes and they still do all kinds of heavy duty stuff over, and, over in, uh, in Europe and really, really, really forward thinking company. And, you know, even though GM spun off or, or, or killed the, the automotive division, they still do heavy duty trucks and they still have a bunch of clever people over there in Sweden, you know, making stuff. So it could be, yeah, I think the future could be good for, for international and, here, especially once this new engine comes online. I think so. And then I, I, still think that at some point um you know pack car will be in the running again and they build a quality product it's just they they just kind of screwed up on their engine choices and they stuck with legacy drive lines and they just haven't moved into the kind of the the newer approach to drive lines and i and it's a shame because they build such a great product and and they their, their target market it really, I hate to say it, and I get this, again, I have some inside info there. They do go after traditional fleets who don't want to adapt to new thinking. Um, <laughs> they, they, they play on that. They, they really do. They, yeah. they don't want to go in there and educate them on a new downstairs powertrain and a single uh, countershaft transmission and, you know, allowing the thing to, to go down to 900 RPM. And they just don't want to do that. They want, you know, and, and, and they, they survive and they do quite well playing to that like they they really that is their target market their target market is not well, uh, you know well a small and, fleet or 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 an efficient owner operator it is an owner operator who wants a truck with a big chrome grill i was just you know, gonna say they they also have yeah. that market in the owner operator world that thinks that's an owner operator truck freightliner volvo those are fleet trucks we we want the owner operator truck which has always been Packard. And, you know, a particular one in, in, in general. And, and they do do some fleets. I mean, there's a whole, you know, yeah, there's a whole lot of yeah. trucks to UPS. I mean, you'll see a lot of day cab T680s and, uh, and, and 579s, you know, out there with, you know, Payment Brown. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got some yeah. big accounts. 
You have to be and, able to identify yeah. them without the insignia, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the headlights are a little different. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, well, guess guess who about it. guess who we have on the line? Oh, I don't know. Steve. Yes, Steve <laughs> yes, we do. He was he was listening, so we're uh, we're going to add Steve to the conversation here. Steve, are your ears ringing? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of calling. I wanted to talk about spre- uh, uh, stress, but uh, I, I I wholeheartedly go along with your idea of the uh, the truck. I I might even wear a dress shirt and a tie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're 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 gonna work on that. that. Suit you, yeah, no. we're we're gonna you work your, on you that. Need your, you need your you need your you just need your short sleeve flannel plaid. You know that's that's it. You know you, you wouldn't look right in anything else. There you go. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you know what's stressful? I I was gonna call. What's stressful is uh, driving uh, uh, the last two days at sixty five and seventy miles an hour. That's Stressful. I, yes, it I don't is. Know how guys do that all the yes, time. Yes, it I, is. I, I don't know. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> back that back down to fifty-eight, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Oh uh, well, I got to get delivered. I get uh, you know. I bu- I booked the load. I, it was a good load. Uh, I, I got a funeral. A good friend of mine died. His funeral's on Monday, so I I had to get back home. But took a load that went out that I wouldn't have minded driving back empty and. Well, and I went on the, the load board, and I found a load that, oh, geez, this, I, I could do this, you know, and uh, I worked it out on paper, and uh, so I booked it. So I got both these loads booked, and so I, the last two days, I tried, you know, just minutes to spare here and there, <laughs> and of course, the agents all so they get there yet, get there yet, you know, and it's like, well, giving me a pickup number probably would have helped, you know. They, you know, so you waste an hour and a half at the at the shipper, and uh, you know. Then today, uh, are you there yet? Well, okay. Well, a, I'll be there. I'll be there. But I'm driving way too fast. There. Hey, you know, there's a, there's there's something here, and we're we're going to work on this. We've talked about it with the Garmin watch being able to read the instant stress. You know, the the question is driving stressful. Well, it really depends. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, you know, yeah. just I was just out on the road again in the coach and it set the cruise at 60. I don't care what traffic is doing. I had to deal with Seattle because we went up north up to Bellingham. So I had to go through Seattle twice, deal with all the crap in Tacoma and Seattle. And I looked down at yeah. my stress yeah. level, yeah. 22 while I was driving, almost nice. never exceeded 30. Nice. I actually got down into single digits a couple times. But on the other hand, put yourself in the situation you've done today where you've got a lot going on. You've got an event you want to get to. You've got customers you have to service. You took on these two loads. I'll bet your stress level goes through the roof at that point when you're driving. Oh, yeah. 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 So, uh, I, well, I. Would I have to wear that watch at home too? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 
maybe I I best probably take it off because I don't even go higher, you know. But, so I only take mine off when I, the only time I charge them is when I'm sitting at my desk, which is probably not a good time because that's what I'm like doing invoicing and crap that I hate oh, to yeah. do. Yeah. So that's oh, when I, that, that's when I charge mine because because I'm so into like tracking my sleep and looking at my other numbers that I'm not going to take it off at night and then right, charge it. So right. uh, and luckily, if I don't use it for an activity, it lasts about a week or two uh, without a charge, and it charges in about two hours, so that's not a big deal either. But um, yeah, so so that that's when I take mine off. And again, those are numbers I don't want to see. I'm like, yeah, it's paperwork. I'm not yeah. going <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Looking at uh, my stress right now is thirty. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Are you gonna have to look at mine now too? Yeah, it's. Uh, there are times on on the show that it, it goes significantly higher. Yeah, your palms sweating. <laughs> that's right. That's a pretty good stress signal. I, I, yeah, I'm about twenty eight or twenty nine now. I think. Uh, uh, well, oh, I'm up. Are you? Yeah, I'm at like 32. Yeah, yeah that's not bad. Oh, is is the uh, is is the higher number better than the? No, no. On stress, I, I we want the, the we no, want the lowest better. number oh, okay. we can get. I've oh, actually okay. Okay. I've actually hit zero. Worried me once. Am I dead? Oh wow! Yeah, I'm like, yeah. am I dead? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, my friend reached zero last. Uh, yeah, yeah. Last Sorry Wednesday. to hear about that. Uh, We're hearing way too much uh, of that. We were just talking about that the other day with Bruce and Tom Bach, and uh, I know we're all getting to that uh, age, but I still hate to hear it. Oh well, yeah, and I I was I was sitting in his room. They they had him by his son's house, and uh, I I visited. Three times I wanted to visit him more, but uh, anyway, as I'm sitting there, and his brother-in-law comes in, and he survived a stroke from three years ago. So I'm between these two guys, and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm going to yeah. keep eating the way I'm eating. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing that I think every time I hear this, somebody got sick, went in the hospital, died. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going to get really strict on my eating. Not that I'm not, but uh, it certainly encourages me not to let that slide. I, I slipped last night, though. I got one of those uh, Magnum bars, the uh, <laughs> uh, chocolate caramel. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I must admit... <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had some I ice cream last it. night, so I, I can't give up the ice cream habit. That's that's yeah. the one thing I allow. Although when I make ice cream myself, and I, I didn't make the stuff I ate last night, but I got thinking about it. When I make ice cream, I'm pretty sure it's health food. It's coconut yeah. milk well, base. I, I, we know how good coconut milk is for you. Yeah. I put like eight whole eggs and two egg yolks. Holy cow! Yeah, there you go. That's some there nutritious stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I eat uh, Culver's uh, ice cream. Usually, it's it's custard. It's not ice cream. They they make it with eggs. So yeah. to me, that's, that's, that's kind of like a health. Food, that's right. You know? Yeah, it's bre- it's it's breakfast. You know how much sugar is in Culver's custard? <laughs> Wait, Well, just eat carnivore yeah, the rest much. of the day, and then you can afford those carbs. You'll be okay. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I do. I, I throw the Culver's butter bun away. I, yeah, there I, you go. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. 
so oh, they'll, they'll sell it to you without a bun. And when I go to Culver's now, when I'm, when I'm in that part of the world, they're, they're, every, they're everywhere now. They're, they're all over the South yeah. now, somehow. Yeah. Uh, they're not where I live yet, but I was in Wisconsin last yeah. week, and yeah, it was or two weeks ago. And yeah, you can't you can't help but go to a go to a Culver's when you're when you're up there. It's just so good. But I, I get the mushroom Swiss no bun, and it's really nice. Actually. Yeah, they, 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 yep. they that's, that's, yeah, yep. that's my that's my choice. <laughs> there you go. Throw a fork and knife in there, would you please? <laughs> and they all do it. That's right. <laughs> and they're going, "What kind of guy is this?" That he, Nice to eat a hamburger, but uh, yeah. Well, the um, it's just be. We were uh, we were kind of sort of camping the other day. I don't know if you can call living in the coach camping, but we were in a campground. So um, we, okay. I, I finally broke down. I've been wanting one for a long time. I don't know why I didn't get one. I finally bought one of the really little black stones, one we can just kind of carry around with us. So Lisa found these Wagyu burgers and prime rib burgers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cooked a bunch of those on the Blackstone. It was an awesome lunch. And then we had some leftovers. So when we hit the road the other day, I'm like, I'm just going to grab a couple. I just grabbed a couple of cold hamburger patties out of the refrigerator. They were awesome. It's like finger food now. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last time I saw you by the coach, you were kind of roughing it. Oh, boy, was I ever. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, you came and rescued me with some tools. Uh, well, I don't know how I came and visited. Hey, you know, I just thought about something. I'm talking to you two guys. And on that trip, Steve, I was broke down and you came and brought me tools. John, you drove right by me. I drove right by. I watched you pulling off. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, you weren't sure it was me. Though. I'm like, that, I'll give was, you that. that was that was a, that was a that was a big brown coach with an organ plate on it, breaking down. Uh, yep. Yeah, and, and you even had the. <laughs> yeah, I tried yeah. calling you immediately. I, I told you I'm you did. I know you, you, you did. I I, yeah. I saw the call later, so I, I'm sure if I would have answered you, you would have turned around and come help me. It was uh, another blown turbo boot. So, <laughs> I was blowing yeah, turbo I, I, boots I, I everywhere. You when I passed you, yeah, and then then I got to the next exit there, so we're on the on the on the pike, and like I'm like, all right, I can loop back right around now. So I pulled over. And I, I texted again and called, and you didn't get back, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to continue on. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was, I was trying to innovate a way to keep my turbo boots from blowing off. Joel and I had a laugh about that because I texted him, too. I'm like, pretty sure I just saw Kevin breaking down off the eight turn Yeah, I could hear you two laughing the whole way. How does he like all that horsepower now? How does he like all that boost? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> It, it it only makes about you 60 pounds. Be, oh, that's all? Okay. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> oh, it, might, it might go a little higher. Beach. It might go a little higher than that, but I get really nervous when it starts getting close to 60. Well, and at that point, you're going like 100, right? Yeah. So it, 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 you, need to, you need to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it runs well, good, though. Uh, it really Pittsburgh, does. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Power cut me off at 39 pounds, and that's way more than enough. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I can, I can. I mean, I average high 40s just trying to get through the gears. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's 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 almost impossible to get through the gears and keep it under 45. You almost can't do it. Oh. 
I, I'm glad I don't have that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I at, at first, and now I'm kind of used to it, it actually changed my driving. You know, I drive even easier than I used to. I've always driven really easy. Kind of reminds me of the first time I drove uh, Bruce's truck with the uh, with the mechanical big cam in it. I mean, you had to drive that truck. You, you don't sit back and just put it on cruise control. Oh, no. No, no, that you pay attention to that thing, yeah. Yeah, or you'll you'll hurt something. Yeah, yeah. you could you could like twist the drive shaft out of that <laughs> thing if you weren't careful. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else, Steve? Oh, that, that's about it. Uh, All right, other stuff, but uh, let somebody else in. All right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start our campaign to get you in a new international. Oh, there you go. All right. That, I, that I, sounds like a, I, sounds I, I do like have a project. A racer friend who is an engineer there. I might might maybe send them a Facebook message. I don't have numbers or anything from them, but uh, yeah, maybe we can. Uh, I'm going to work on some networking here. Yeah. Well, they, they got to let me uh, some modifications to it. Oh, I mean, Henry can't touch his, so I. I don't want no part of that. Hey, hey, Steve. <laughs> hey, Steve. They they might get yeah. a little nervous when they see you approaching it with a rivet gun. <laughs> oh. uh. <laughs> He's evolved past the rivet gun. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but all we all we have to do, yeah. Steve, is show them your results. Don't don't look at just look at the yeah, results. There you, there you go. That's right. There you go. Yeah. That's what matters. It ain't bragging if you can back it up, you know. <laughs> right. That's right. All right. Good stuff. Yeah, well, we're we'll gonna. Talk. Yep. We're gonna grab another call. Let's head off to Minnesota. John, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I. Uh, there. Um, when you were. It's John. You got John here. <laughs> John. John. Thank you. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um, when you were working at Pittsburgh Power, John, you were talking on the Power Hour about different brand of injectors that you were going with or looking into. Any idea what those were? Yeah. For a little while there, we did a deal with Delphi, which is a huge company, and they had a nice warranty okay. program, and they seemed to be pretty good. I'm not sure what went on with that relationship, but... Uh, one of our suppliers was uh, was friendly with them, and the Delphi folks came and talked to us. And I actually think we did a little testing for them. They had some stuff that they had a dyno for them at one point, and do some some testing on. Uh, but it was a good company, and you know, if I were you know on online looking for injectors for a truck right now, I'd buy either Factory or Delphi still. But uh, you know, it's a, it's a legit. Yeah, uh, some of the some of the you know aftermarket, you know, maybe Chinese stuff out there I'd stay away from. But the Delphi, you know, they were a little more reasonable than the factory and they were uh, definitely a good, good, good company to deal with. Yeah, I had that question for you and I had a question for Joel, but he's not here. So that's uh, all I have for today. So all thank right. you very much and have a, have a good one. You're welcome. That's You're welcome. All we need. Let me make sure I drop the right John off the board here. Uh, and we're going to head off to New Zealand to talk to Paul. Well, maybe Paul's not really in New Zealand right now, but Paul, what's up? Um, I'm in Alabama. Oh, well, that's close. I'm in Alabama. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like New Zealand. That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> Just with a few more rednecks. I'm trying to get. Ha! Huh, did I say that? I'm trying to get a mental. I'm trying to get a mental picture of Steve Crone with a tie on. <laughs> well, we're, you know what? Why not just why not just throw the tie on with his cut off, you know, flannel shirt? That'll work. Yeah, well, he's going to have to have a tie clip on him because if he's walking into a head wound and it blows out, he's going to go, "Oh, that's resistance." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, you talking about international trucks? They actually yeah. build. They actually build international trucks in New Zealand. Cab overs, the ninety eight seventy, I think it is. Do they and really? I don't. Yeah. Um. I don't know what they. It's the conventional look. Looks like the Pro Star cab, but I don't know if they call it the Pro Star. But Cummins engine. That's your only choice, and they're all assembled right there in New Zealand. So, huh. But the cab over looks like a. Looks like a. You know, it's it's, it's a shame we got rid of the cab over here. Really, I I just you know, and it really was workers' comp. That was the single biggest reason the fleets moved away from them. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, drivers didn't like them. That that, that, that kind of started it when we had the driver shortage and fleets started buying trucks to make drivers happy instead of being efficient. That kind of hurt the cab over quite a bit. And then the final straw was just the workers' comp. And even Freightliner tried to address that with the Argosy and the steps. You know, you open the door and the whole set of steps swung out. That was the whole point. How can we stop all these accidents that drivers have? And maybe, maybe the way we do it is stop having 400-pound drivers. (laughs) <laughs> you said it before me. I know. Sheesh. If you're too, if you're too unhealthy to climb in and out of a cab over without hurting yourself, maybe you shouldn't be a truck driver. That freight line of Argosy with the swing out step, you could walk up into that cab over with a cup of coffee in each hand and not even spill it. Oh, they, they, those were brilliant. I, I yeah, love those it, trucks. I would love to have an Argosy with a 12.7 in it. I know. For my next race rig. And they're yeah. out there, too. Yeah. So there are some really nice used Argosies out. This is funny. This is something I look at online. I, I, I peruse them every now and then. I don't know why. If I had an extra 35 or 40 grand, which I don't, I'd buy one of those before a dually to pull my race trailer. Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, you yeah. can't buy used dually for what these go for. Yeah. In and they're in the movie industry. So like the TV and movie industry, they use these things like crazy. Yeah. Uh, so they're out there and they're spotless and they're well taken care of. And usually and low mileage. Yeah, low mileage. Yeah. yeah, everything. You might have changed the yeah. gears or whatever, but yeah, so what? Hey, but they're so cheap to, to begin with. Like, yeah, I, I, I look at them all the time. I, I think they're so cool. It's one of my favorite trucks ever. Hey, Paul, I just yeah. have to correct one I, thing. I, I, the, I, I, the, I, I, the drivers I, I weren't. Hey, Paul, the drivers weren't going up those yep. steps with two cups of coffee. They were going up with a 64 ounce big gulp and a Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> A 64 ounce big gulp's a medium one now. You see how big those things are now? <laughs> oh, we ought to get how, a five gallon bucket shortly with a handle on it. Holy cow! <laughs> it, so, so I got I got one. Uh, yeah, wait, one more one more thing. One so one more thing. Um, have either one of you ever seen the show My Six Hundred Pound Life? 
I tried to watch an episode or two of it, and it was just more than I could stand. It's awful. Absolutely awful. The reason I bring it up is one of the most recent episodes I watched. The guy was a truck driver. Um, He, when he started driving truck, he was heavy, probably pretty close to obese. But at one point driving a truck, he got to 400 pounds. And he was climbing up in the truck one day and he fell off the side of the truck and could never work again and ended up at 600 pounds. It's, it's just insane. Yeah, right. Yeah, man having to go to the cat scale to weigh his. Oh, wait a minute. I'm overweight. Let me step out of the truck. Oh, I'm good now. Step out of the truck? Yeah, I'm good now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or, or like pay pay some pay some skinny truck driver at the truck stop to take your truck over the scale. Oh yeah, hey, I'll, I'll give you fifty bucks to roll my truck. I'm getting to this. Uh, I got to go through a weight station. Man, oh man, yeah. <laughs> I got. I got. I got one more question. What? Are, what is you? You were talking about ice cream. Well, my wife started making ice cream with the neighbor's milk, but. Putting an egg in it, what does that do to it? Make it more creamy or? Yeah, it makes it, well, custard. You know, if you've ever had custard, and custard's usually soft serve, but it's like richer and creamier. Um, French vanilla typically should have an egg in it, or at least an egg yolk. That's kind of what makes it French vanilla. Um, But this recipe, and I think I originally got this from Bulletproof. Um, and, and part of the problem with ice cream, and I never realized this, my, in the beginning, I'm just like, well, I'll make my own ice cream and I just won't use any sugar because I don't care about the sweet taste. But the problem is if you don't put sugar, lots of sugar in ice cream, it comes out like rock hard and dry. It just gets awful. Mm-hmm. It won't get creamy. No matter you can use pure cream. I've, I've tried it. You can use extra butter fat. You can do everything you want that ice cream will be hard and dry it's the sugar that makes it so creamy and rich and so you got to use a little um any of the sugar substitutes won't really give you that consistency so i can go with a lot less sugar and then actually i use alcohol alcohol helps keep the ice cream softer because it won't freeze but it that's the biggest challenge is trying to make a really good ice cream without using a lot of sugar and it's not because of the sweet taste i can deal with that i in fact i'd rather it not be so sweet but you can't get that really rich creamy texture without a ton of sugar in ice cream so what do you use for alcohol? Is it rum or bourbon or what's, what's, uh, what's, the, uh, what's, the, what's the key? I'll actually match it to whatever ice cream flavor I'm making. One of my favorite flavors mm. of ice cream to make is coffee, so I use um, Kahlua. Oh, okay. If I'm doing like right now. now a little sugar, man. Be careful with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I know. It's a liqueur, so that, and that's part of probably why it works so well because I'm also getting some sugar in there. But like right You're now is, sugar in there, yeah. is berry season here in the Pacific Northwest. We just have berries everywhere. Right? Raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, gooseberry, you name it. Everything's, you know, there's berries everywhere. So I'll use like, a, I've used like a, a wild berry vodka then to go in the ice cream there you go okay. yeah we we might we made boysenberry ice cream the other day oh nice which was very tasty yeah yeah but uh i i, I just had a thought my wife likes uh captain morgan so 
I'm thinking we're going to make some rum and raisin ice cream. So there you go. Mm. Yeah. There you that go. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. Right. That's all i got today. Have fun. That's all we need. <laughs> all right. Take care. Okay, bye. All right. Uh, so phone lines are open. I don't know how long we're going to hang out. John, what else you got today? Um. I'm, I'm sitting here reading about this uh, this new uh, this engine still this Navistar slash international thing. The thing makes 1850 torque, which is a bit lower than the Volvo. The Volvo's at 1900 with 455, and this is a 515 horse. But the torque peaks at 900 and stays flat to 1400. So wow, pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, that yeah, is. yeah. So I'm curious to see how this thing works out. And it's a, it's a uh, fixed geometry turbo, so they went back to a simple turbo, no VG on it. And there's no downstream turbo compounding on it either, which I thought was interesting. I thought maybe uh, yeah, they'd, they'd do a turbo compound, or I assume they would anyway. That, that talk to technology I love. Yeah. But uh, no, that's not huh. there. So that's pretty much it. I'm actually I, working right now. I'm at the shop in Reno where the Ferraris live. So oh, I, mean, really? I wouldn't mind bouncing off a little bit early too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I uh, flew out here. They had an issue with one of the other engineers who normally manages to set ups on the cars. So I got home from a test in Virginia on Monday and Tuesday, uh, where my son actually got to drive the IMSA prototype that I work on, which was actually a fairly big deal. First time I was able to get him in that thing, and looks like he's going to do a race at Road Atlanta at the end of the year with us. Wow, cool. Um, and I don't, even, I don't even have to give up any of my, my pay to do it, so he's actually earned a real ride. I obviously do help, but uh, one of the uh, gentleman drivers on the team uh, knows him and offered him the ride. And uh, our other pro uh, had his driver ranking bumped up. So we can get into things like classes of licenses and, and, and trucking and maybe gun ownership. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll stay away from that, but I'll leave it out there. But uh, uh, like in, in motorsport, you are ranked. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I think that's what saves rights, not, not, not kills them personally, yeah. but we could go on about that. Uh, so you are, you get, if you're a novice young guy, you come in and you're already ranked with the Tulsa silver. So they have bronze, silver, gold, and platinum drivers. Now platinum drivers, like a guy who used to race an F1 or something like, like, you know, any, any ex F1 driver or someone who's done, you know, everything under the sun is a platinum. Uh, and each series specifies which classes of drivers could run. So the series that I work in, uses bronze drivers who are generally gentlemen, guys who could afford to do it, to do this as a, as a expensive hobby, you know, uh, instead of going to the, the, the country club and the golf course and the expensive country club membership and paying golf pros, they have a race car and a race team takes it around and they do their thing in it. And, but they have to pair to be in the championship. They have to pair with a silver, which is generally a young inexperienced driver who hasn't made a name for himself yet. And generally, these guys get paid to do this job as a driver, which is really cool. Yeah, it is. So my son is a silver because he has no experience at this level. So our current silver, and they will they will bounce you immediately. Like if you do enough other races, if you race at a higher level, if you do something, they will change your license classification. So our previous silver got bumped to gold because he's really damn good. And the driver recommended, he knows my son quite well, said, why don't you just have John Sun drive it? And Jerry, the guy who owned the car, said, really? He goes, yeah, because he's really good. I used to race with him in Formula Fords and Formula 2000, and he's as good as me. So 
Jerry called me and said, Hey, would your kid want to drive the race car? I'm like, sure. sure. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I don't, we'll to, I don't think we'll have to ask him twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. So he lives in New York now. So I called him. I said, Hey, could you be in Virginia on Monday and Tuesday? He's like, yeah, why? So Jerry wants to put you in the T3 car. I'm like, cool. So yeah, I got to work with him. And then on my way home, I got a call from the Ferrari team and they're, uh, one of their engineers is down, uh, being quarantined now with COVID and said, Hey, could you get out here and do some setups on the cars? And I'm like, absolutely. Send me a plane ticket. And so, yeah, so I was the next day I was on a plane to, to Reno after cool. I got home from Virginia. Cool. So I'm here in Reno yeah. right now doing, doing setups on cars. Yeah. So, uh, and, I, uh, I probably should get back to work at some point. Yeah. Well, uh, I, yeah. I, I have a couple points that that brought up and then we'll wrap this up. So, First off, the you know the the similarities, the the crossover between what you do every day with you know just everything you can do to get you know one more second shaved off or what it is. You're looking at the physics of everything, and there's enough mm-hmm. money in racing that you guys are able to test your. So we love that everything you're doing crosses over, and and even though it doesn't always work, there's there's lessons there and we learn a lot. So I, I love that. Um, when we look at this though, I, I just had this thought about drivers you're talking about. And in, in both endeavors, racing and trucking ultimately, and I know racing's more of a hobby and that kind of thing, but ultimately aren't you chasing the prize money? Yeah. Yeah. You're chasing the prize money. Prize money might not be hard cash. It might be something else. Uh, you know, our our dealers, a hundred grand available in the year, which isn't much, but at least it's something, but it's in my, for what I do, my value goes up. I win races and my daily rate goes up. So we're, we're, you know, it's a true meritocracy. Yeah. And for drivers, they want to do as well as possible because they, because that paid ride is out there somewhere, right? It really does exist, especially in sports car racing. And, or if you, you do well enough, you end up with a relationship with a manufacturer, which are, are coming back into sports car racing really heavily this year you know, with, the, with the hybrid technology and the rule change. And, you know, people love to resist change out there in the world. I love it because what, it, what it's done where I am, you know, is uh, it, there's actually innovation to be made. So those manufacturers, believe it or not, may learn from the team that I work for. Uh, we've just, just done a relationship with Porsche for the, for the IMSA program for what they're going to call GTP next year with this new hybrid car that I spoke of last week. So there's stuff that we're doing. There are things that we're going to do to figure out how to win races that may be an algorithm or a programming or a way we harvest this energy to, to the battery or whatever that what might make it back to a car that hits the street. So for and don't get me wrong, paid for this car. We own it. I mean, there's a lot of money involved on our end too, from sponsors, from team ownership, from whatever, but there's now factory involvement, which means that you could be a good driver and you could get the eye of some high up at a factory and, and they're going to, they're going to can help you the next year in IMSA, we're going to have Porsche. We're going to have Ferrari. We're going to have Honda. We're going to have uh, GM as Cadillac. Um, I believe there's one more. I forget who it is coming in with factory teams and customer, you know, factory backed customer teams as well. So it's really cool. So, so our end game is not necessarily just to win the prize money. We are also developing technology and we're oh, also, yeah. Yeah. you know, trying to, 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 you know, just, just create a future for ourselves as, as, as human beings or as workers in the, in the business. We're trying to, you know, build reputations and do as much as we can for our sponsors, our ownership, our, our factories that we're, we have relationships with and so forth. So yeah, it's, it's there. So we're trying and we're always looking for more. That's just how yeah. we live. I'll make a 10th of a degree camber change or a two tenth wing change or whatever. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it, 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 
it, it all makes a difference when you when you're when you're out there on the edge. Yeah. So. so yep. I, I want to come back to that, but I want to stick with the prize money because I just saw this the other day and I thought okay. it was incredible. Um, there was a record the other day in fishing, of all things. Um, some guy in a tournament caught a 77-pound white marlin. I've never even heard of a white marlin, but uh, he got a 77-pound white marlin. Do you know what the prize money was? No idea. $4.5 million. All right, $4.5 million for catching a fish. Oh, Just think about it, you know. I, I know. Asked, his wife was pissed off about him buying some years ago with an investment in this, man. Yeah, so so the, the day before, the guy who caught the fish that, that put him in the lead, his was like 71 pounds, um, he got bumped out by this other fish, the winning fish got $4.5 Second place got 197000 which isn't bad, but you kind of feel a little no, left out that, you know, the day before you would have gotten $4.5 if the tournament would have ended. Oh, man. So, but I want to go back to the driving and racing. Because with trucking, there's so many similarities. We're talking about vehicles. Both vehicles have drivers. You're trying to be faster. We're trying to be more efficient. And and there's so much crossover. That's why we love this. But I just thought about something. In, In your world, you put a huge premium on the driver. You have this whole ranking system. You focus on them. You pay attention to them. You understand it's a big part of, without the driver, you've got nothing, and the driver could make you or break you. Honestly, in trucking, it could be the same way, but we put zero value on the driver and experience. Not, not can be the same way. Is the same way. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe, you know, the human interface. Shall we say in the in the race cars, it's the most important part. And on my end, a lot of what I do, I I, I end up doing a lot of coaching too because I've got. You know, some philosophies as to how the thing should be set up, which is just like Joel's philosophies on spec, shall we say, right? So, you know, you spec it with this gear, with this whatever, and then you drive it like this and you watch the RPMs and then maybe we'll do a different ship logic for you. It's exactly the same. Now I realize there are a ton of guys out there just drive around with their foot on the floor and okay. And maybe they don't crash. Maybe they're damn good guys. You know I mean? They they, they get things to go where they need to go and whatnot, but they're never going to eat that last, uh, you know, a few tenths of a mile per gallon off it, right? You know, they don't, you know, worry about conserving energy, you know, going down the hill and maybe slowing down a bit up and you know, just the little, little intricacies you do as you drive to look for a little bit more. Uh, that's the world I live in. I mean, you wouldn't believe, you know, when you look at lap after lap on, you know, tracks that I deal with, the track I was at last week, it's 14 turns, all different speeds, different complexes of turns. And you just have, you know, you hit the brake 30 feet farther than where the other guy did and use more pressure and you release it sooner or he hit a little bit earlier and use less pressure. And, you know, you could kind of get to the same same place. Generally, not in my car. I set the car up to be driven pretty specifically. But, you know, then, then I have to go back and do that. The driver is so important. Yeah. And I, yeah. I see that. I know that. Um, you know, and, and again, the ranking systems are legit. Like, you know, they, they use all sorts of results and, and algorithms and things. And they all like, <laughs> there's a, they're, they're really, they, they, they process all of your results. They throw out fastest laps and slowest laps and look at averages and look at average finishes and, 
and and have a way to work around and try to throw out things that were you know mechanical failures and whatnot. You know that 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 happens and it all works yeah. in, and then they come up with this ranking system. And it, it's it, it's it's crazy, and it's worldwide too. It's the FIA that does it. The, the Federation International Automobile, you know, it's, 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 you know, they're the governing body for all of the worldwide type motorsports. Uh, you know, not like local dirt tracks here in the states yeah. or anything, but any international series they they track the drivers on. And yeah, so you're you're in the system. They, you know, you have a license from them, and they monitor results, and you know, it all gets fed into a computer and spits out things and figures it out. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I I just compare it to what we do in trucking and it's so opposite. We put no premium on the driver whatsoever. I just saw a statistic that I, I, it shocked me a little bit. I guess it shouldn't, but I finally saw the number on the current average fuel economy for class eight trucks in this country. And I was a little shocked by it. It's 6.6. That's it. That's, wow. the, that's the current average. It, it hasn't gone up at all. It's 6.6. 6. Even with the equipment that's available that's right That's what now. I mean. So I mean, l- let's go back to when we built that first signature truck. Clearly, we knew that we were going to get really good fuel economy. That was one of the first times we really broke nine consistently. But we knew that was never going to be a fleet truck. Ever. There's no way that it was too complicated. It made no sense for fleets whatsoever. But look at where we are now. We're now specking trucks and we're talking about Volvo Freightliner. We're hoping international. We're working on Packard. We're now specking trucks that you'd be able to walk into the dealer, say, I want this and get incredible fuel economy out of it. It's there. It's available. It would work really well for a fleet. If it's done right, we're even proving you lower your maintenance cost as well. And yet no effort to move towards stuff like that at all. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's amazing to me. And if you look at the big fleets too, they, uh, you know, they, I think drivers are just a commodity of them. I That's mean, it, it it's just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's they, just, it doesn't matter. It is a commodity and, because oh. they will hire somebody right out of school and pay them almost as much as the guy who's been driving for 35 years. That, that never happens in right. any other industry that I'm aware of. But, and, and again, you'll see, you know, when he, when they, and then they're going to move them along, right? So they're gonna. He's gonna get to a point where he needs more money, and they're gonna bounce him out of there. Right. Another one right out of school. Yeah, and, he'll go. He'll go hire on with somebody right. else to get a big sign-on bonus. We'll give them big sign-on yeah. bonuses just to get them in a seat. Once they're in the seat, we could care less about them. Right, and, and that was gone instantly. He got the sign-on bonus and caught up on a credit card or yeah. something. It's over. <laughs> now he's back on the treadmill. Bought a new bass so, boat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wait, wait. That could be that, that's a, that's a career path. I didn't realize that. <laughs> uh, He's going to land the big marlin and make it. Make it well, end, there but. you go. That's right. That's right. That's an investment. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Well, uh, I, I think I got to get to work. I do I too. Yeah. Yeah, short, nope. I got to get to work. Yeah, and, we're going to uh, wrap this up. Pleasure as usual. Great stuff today. And I'll I talk to you it. soon about maybe getting up there for a visit. I, uh, yeah, I really, uh, I, I'm, I'm heading from here to Sonoma, but I got to fly right home from that and then back down to Virginia. But uh, we're, we've te- we're testing on Monday and Tuesday. Um, anyone who's out in the area, we've got a private test going at Sonoma. If you want to come watch some, some, some hey, Ferraris go what, around, you'd be welcome to. One, one more uh, thing real quick. Did you hear me? Have you heard mm-hmm. me talk about the new sport I might take up? No. You got to go look it up. Wing foiling. 
Okay. So instead of a kite, you know, we kite board here. Instead of a kite that's up on strings and you're controlling it, you now, and this thing is exploding. I went down on the river the other day and almost everybody's doing this. I hardly saw any kites in there. I'm like, where'd all the kites go? You now hold a wing. So you're holding it in your hands, the wing itself. And it's got multiple handholds all over it so you can flip it around and turn it and do all kinds of stuff. And then you can either stand on, say, like a paddleboard, a stand-up paddleboard, and they would call that uh, wing Mm -hmm. boarding, I think. Or they have these new wake boards kind of now with a foil. So you've got the board with a pole sticking down into the water and a wing down underneath and you you get this thing moving and your board rises up out of the water the board no longer touches the surface of the water you're riding on your foil that's underwater it is so smooth and quiet because the board's not touching the water it's just and then you can do all kinds of tricks because you can dive forward so it it you know, almost buries itself and then launch yourself, you know, lean back, launch yourself out of the water. Awesome. It is so cool. Well, uh, you know, I'm 30 miles from Lake Tahoe right now. Guess what they do a lot of that? Wing foiling. just just Googled it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you get time, you should go check it out. It's so cool. I got to get some time. I'm going to go. I've already got bored, so I'm going to go buy me a new wing. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> All right. Don't hurt yourself. All right, I won't. Get back to work. All right, Kevin, I'm going All right, to. Take care. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks All right, everybody. Um, right, you know what? I've got a call here, even though we're uh, we're losing John there. I'm going to grab this call. Uh, Randy in Virginia. Welcome. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good. Well, you know, so last time we talked, we were discussing running and the athleticism of children and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I was down in, I was in Eastern North Carolina this morning and I saw a children's clothing store advertising shoes and blah, 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 But the biggest, biggest markup on the front of their building was for plus sizes. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And, no, oh. no ch- children's oh. clothing in the, in the big marquee lettering at the very top of the building was plus sizes. Well, it's good marketing. Like, oh my God. It's sad. <laughs> it's really sad, but it's good marketing because there's an awful, let's just say it. There's an awful lot of fat kids these days. There, there is, there is. And, and it's you know, sad. It just, it just, yeah. And it, and it's, and it's becoming so acceptable you know, I almost feel like if you're the skinny kid, you're oh, you're the oddball. It, it, imagine you know, you're the black sheep if you're the skinny kid. Imagine if we get to the point where the uh, the healthy kid gets picked on the way we used to pick on the fat kid. Not that that was right. Uh, yeah. It certainly wasn't. Not but, that that was right. But, but the thing know? is, growing up, yeah. the fat kid was so different, and that's just you know human nature and kids and he that was they stood out yeah. because there was you know I went to a small school in a small town so we had one fat kid for several years he was my best friend um, but that yeah. it, it, it's all at some point it's going to be the opposite the healthy kid's going to be the freak <laughs> yep yep sure enough sure oh. enough yeah um, you know I, when you guys were talking earlier this episode without um, psychologists and drugs and everything. Didn't the, 
didn't the CDC or somebody just came out with an announcement that there is no proof that the drugs have any effect on on the chemistry? Pretty much. Yeah, and the CDC just I wish came I could out. Say that more eloquently, but yeah, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. And I, I don't want to turn this into a "I told you so" kind of thing. But the CDC just came out and admitted they totally screwed up the response to COVID. And when you look at what they're talking about, it, it's nothing more than what we were saying in 2020. All oh, the things we exactly, were saying exactly. in 2020 yeah, and, and all- is, ex- and when you said those things back then, you got deleted and censored and deplatformed. It happened to us, and now, oh, now the CDC which, the, the is saying the latest and greatest deplatforming. Have you heard about that one? No, I don't think the um, the Children's Health Network. No, got deplatformed off of Facebook. Unbelievable. For, for, for the continuous spreading of misinformation about COVID. But, but, Dr. Robert Malone. Okay, so or then... No, Dr. Dr. John Kennedy. Okay, so yeah. then we're, we shouldn't rebuild the CDC. We should just get rid of them. Nobody, they just admitted they spread I know it. Well, tons only, of misinformation. Yeah, and only because of the... Right, and only because they were forced by law to reveal their documents. Yeah, Exactly. Or this would be covered up completely. And even now, shouldn't it have been major news across all of the networks? It should be the biggest news story right now that they totally, totally screwed the pooch with their response to COVID. And they're actually admitting it now. And yet I didn't see it reported hardly anywhere except Fox. Right, right. Yes, exactly. Oh, and now the mainstream media. I just heard that um, one of the, one of the main news networks is producing a documentary on Dr. Mercola. Oh boy! For being the for being the primary. Oh, that's that's actually CNN. I think that's actually CNN. I yeah. think they've been after him for a while. Yep, they're putting together a professional documentary that's going to air on, I forget if it's Hulu or HBO, one of them is where they're going to air it. Well, that'll be interesting. We might have to have a watch party for that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> un- you know, and, and the funny thing about it, the only people that know who Dr. McCullough are support him. Exactly. And all that's going to do is cause us all just to, di- we're just going to dig in our heels that much more. The yeah. only people that know who the children's events health defense network is are people that support it yep. and just going to dig in your heels that much deeper oh exactly um i'm going to get just a little political for a minute because something else really strange happened yesterday and i'm worried about it i actually mentioned this earlier in the week or it might have been last week um i said just a couple weeks ago all of the polls everywhere They were predicting a total blowout at the midterms. The Democrats didn't have a chance just a couple weeks ago, according to all the polls. And it makes sense. That's exactly the way it should be. Look around at our country. We're setting records in really bad ways. The the border records, awful. Crime records, awful. Inflation records, awful. Cost of living, health, everything right now. Crime, holy cow. 
I cannot think of a time in my lifetime we, where we had this many problems all at once. I mean, it, you almost can't get your mind around it. Yet something really strange happened yesterday. Do you realize in one of the most recent polls, the Democrats are now leading They are now saying the Republicans won't take over the House. Mitch McConnell kind of agreed with them yesterday. And there's no chance, according to Mitch McConnell and the polls, there's no chance they're going to take over the Senate. And now it doesn't even look like the Republicans will take over the House. And this was a Fox News poll. This was Fox that pulled this. I really have got Uh, to believe that it's a story. It's a front. You know, it's meant to make people start thinking one way rather than the, than the other. I, I don't get it. I was absolutely shocked. What happened? Yeah, what changed? What you know changed? What? There, wasn't any, so here, there wasn't any new news. Well, maybe, I guess the only thing I can think maybe, of maybe is... The, maybe the, maybe the, the Trump, Trump scandal, yeah. if it's a scandal. Maybe that rallied. But the, you know what? I know, I do not, through this whole thing, I do not know a single Republican that has changed parties, but I could talk to you about a half a dozen hardened Democrats and that are now very, very red. Absolutely. And how how can we be in a situation where the Hispanic population, which has always leaned Democratic, always, we know that. They're now so Republican, they, the, the approval rating for the Democrats in the Hispanic community is like in the 20s, I think. It's insane. Well, how can they be winning in the polls then? Yeah, see, I don't, I don't think they are. I really don't. I think, if, I think, you know, they poll certain sectors of the population and they get certain numbers so, skewed to the direction I, they want them to be, and it's completely inaccurate and and we know that happens but if this is a fox poll what's their agenda uh, you know i i wonder sometimes i feel like fox just reports the news you know and sometimes they report polls that don't necessarily you know spin in the right direction and i don't know exactly why i think they try to be neutral sometimes and i appreciate that i do i i just just give me the well i like both i really do i i want the news just give me the facts with with no opinion or as little as possible and and then i also like commentary I, I, so we can have yeah, both yeah. and you're right. I think Fox does a better job of that than most. Um, CNN's going through a horrible, um, you know, turnover. Now they got rid of Tubin and now they're getting rid of Steltzer. Um, so maybe right. they'll go back to being well, a Fox, little more and, neutral. Yeah. And Fox has always had some strong liberal yeah, broadcasters yeah. on their channel just to kind of balance it, and you can, you know, depending on what story they're covering, you can kind of tell which direction right. it's leaning. Right. You but know, they, and they do. The, I think they, you know, and and you're right. They ha- they are good about reporting on lots of different polls, no matter what the outcome is. But this was actually their own poll. Yeah, so that didn't it didn't make sense, but. Again, you know, the, the, the broadcasters aren't the ones out there make, taking the polls and right, doing the polls. Right. 
Yeah, I so, don't know. Yeah, you, you, just, was, you just don't know. That one threw know? me for a loop. Maybe it's just meant to shake things up a little it, bit. Well, imagine this. What the hell's our country going to look like if if the Democrats do maintain control of all three? Wow, I can't I can't imagine it. I can't it's, either. It's really hard to it's really hard to fathom that it could have. You know, if it does, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I know. Um, <laughs> and we're only eighty some I'm days kinda, away. Yeah, yeah, yep. You know, and and, and two years and eighty some days away. I'm kind of yeah. curious. You know, California lost two electoral votes. And Texas picked up one of them, and shoot, I forget the other state that picked up the other one. And they're both red states. So you got a blue state that always goes liberal, and the candidate gets all or nothing. You know, and then the two red states are going to. So I wonder wonder how that's going to change that you know, how they get 271 votes. Yeah. Well, you know, here's one of my, my, biggest fears if they maintain control which i didn't think there was a a snowball's chance in hell just a month ago and now i'm worried but we know what they have attempted to do for the last 18 months or so they backed off on it a little bit but we know they've tried to make puerto rico a state dc a state and the filibuster Um, they're ignoring the southern border and and there's one clear pattern there they're trying to create a bunch more democratic voters that that's their hope here. They were obvious about it. They They, are. They had to back off of it somewhat, but I never thought they would have pulled off this last climate bill. And they did. Um, The fear is if they were able to pull off just a couple of those things, the, the Republicans may never get in office again. That's a scary thought. It is. It is. And yeah, I don't, don't know. I don't know what, what fears me is that in the next year, gas prices are going to come screaming back down. Yay, Joe Biden. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, diesel's know, the, up this week. You know, the, yeah, but we, we got, we still got to, this is going to be very, very well timed for political purposes when it comes crashing back I, I, down. I know. And it's all going to be because of, you know, the, the, party decisions and what's yeah. been put in place. Yeah. You know, and the economy is going to start to stabilize the, the, you know, we're going to, we're going to start to come out of our recession. Everything's going to start happening and clicking into place specifically come camp campaign time. Yeah. That's scary. You know, it's just, it's all just a big act. It's a big theater show. Yeah. Except it's our life. It's our life. Yeah. Yes. But it's not their life. No, so, it's just ours. Know, they're not concerned yeah, they're, with us. They're concerned it, with themselves. Yeah. Their life, their life won't change other than it'll probably get better or, or at least they'll have more money and more power. I don't know if that's better for anybody, but um, they believe so. But I, yeah, that's. They, they, they believe so. And it doesn't affect, it doesn't affect them whatsoever. What happens to us? No, no. Now, uh, Nancy Pelosi will still have plenty of Hagen dazs in her $25,000 ice cream freezer. Exactly, exactly. But you know what? She paid 25000 for that. That 25000 went to some business that 
paid for employees, the paid <laughs> for materials. True. You know, these, true. These, yeah. these wealthy people just exude money. They walk around like, you know, a pig pen from peanuts, <laughs> walk around with this cloud of filth. These wealthy people walk around with a cloud of wealth, and it just falls off of them everywhere. And they've all got their own little micro economy that yeah. just follows them around like a cloud. You know, yeah. so, you know, the wealthy people, they do help support the economy. They do. A whole heck of a lot yeah. better than I help support it. Yeah, they do. Um, and look, I'm a capitalist. I always have been. But we, we've, we've gotten yeah, way yeah. out of whack. You know, the, the, because this is not it's capitalism. Yeah, this is not capitalism. This is crony capitalism. Well, the government's way, the, the way too involved. Only, yeah, and the problem, you know, you look at the 80-20 rule and you, how you apply that to capitalism. You know, only 20% of the population is capitalist, yeah. independent business owners. The remaining 80% are there to be subservient to, yeah. to the 20% that's in business for themselves. Yeah. So we're, 80, we're, we're 20% capitalist, 80% socialist. Yeah, and it's starting to show. Yeah. Yeah, it, it can't work. It, it, you can't sustain that. And, and we see it because, it's, you know, now we've got, you know, we're $30 well, trillion dollars in debt. Yep, and we're getting worse and worse and worse. You know, our mega, our mega millionaires, our top one percent of the one percenters that you know own solidly ninety five percent of the country, yeah. country's wealth. You know, it's so horribly out of balance. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. All right, Randy, we're going to wrap this up. I do have another call, so I guess I'm going to grab it. We're going to head off to Texas. Byron, welcome to the program. Well, here's here's my opinion why the polls are so slanted. How many times do you go and uh, do a poll anymore? I mean, you used to when Biden first come in there and create a disaster, but you get tired of answering the polls every time you get one sent to you by email. So, you, you know, you just give up because what, what difference does it make if they know what you're polling here? You call your representatives and, you know, and then besides that, unleashing 87,000 uh, IRS agents, nobody wants to expose herself because they're looking for a hit list. Whoever is on any kind of conservative positive poll for Trump or a Republican that they're going to come after you. So everybody's hanging low till election day. You might be onto something. That's my opinion. You might be onto something that that might be a part of what's going on. It was such a, a massive change that just came out of the blue. I expected the exact opposite. You know, here's the thing. When, when they poll using specific names of politicians, you know, for example, Trump or Biden. And, well, actually, I think Biden actually pulled ahead of Trump, but that you got to be careful with those two because they're both so controversial. But when they when they poll a specific at DeSantis and, you know, um, Gretchen Whitmer out of Michigan, the, the, the named Republicans always do better. But when they use this generic poll, which this one was, it was generic in that all they asked basically was, do you support the Democrats or the Republicans? That, that was the basic question. We weren't talking about a specific race. We weren't talking about a specific person, a specific. It, it was just generic. But for some reason in that generic poll, the Democrats did really well. And it just doesn't make any sense. 
Yep. Exactly. Huh. All right. Anything else? Nope, that's it. All right. We're going to wrap this up for today then. Uh, it's been a great week. Great calls, great topics. Loved it. Um, store's been very active. Come on over and uh, keep it going. We certainly appreciate that. Let's truck.com. We've got all kinds of new products. We really do. New food, some stuff I'm really excited about. We're getting so much food in the store. We're actually uh, tossing around the idea of, um, you know, kind of writing a cookbook for all the stuff we have in our store. We've been doing some recipes here and there. I know Lauren's worked on some. I've worked on some. Uh, the team has done some. But I think we may we may formalize that here coming soon. The problem is we have too many projects and not enough days. And we're uh, inherently lazy. So we're going to wrap this up. We will see you back here next week. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always. Do the hard work and master the journey.